Hi, Andreas. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, welcome to Caffeine and Carrots. You know, I've known you for a year and a half now, and we have had multiple conversations. Yeah. Uh, so it's good to have you uh, under the Caffeine and Carrot sort of interaction. Uh, caffeine, I literally have my caffeine right here. Uh, the, the literal caffeine and my incentive for the carrot for today is to get some perspectives about the industry we all, you know, love and participate in. <laughs> so hopefully we'll have a good chat. Uh, yeah, look if, forward if, to it. Yeah, if you're fine, you know, there's one thing I always thought I'll ask you. Uh, you know, I really like the name of your uh, company you started, CS Tuners. Uh, the word tuning, you know, obviously has got a connotation to optimization and a lot of processes, tools, uh, people, skills, etc. need that tuning. And that's why I'm guessing you named your company around exactly. that. So in the past two years, uh, you know, from your experience, having worked with multiple organizations, uh, what have you seen uh, being requested for as the most tuned requirement? or the thing which needs the most amount of tuning? I, I would say most organizations that engage with me are in an other state of chaos. Mm -hmm. They had obviously tried to establish something. They did establish something. It was growing, it was changing, it was morphing and over time, even with the best intentions, it became more and more reactive. Everyone's hair is on fire and uh, their customer relations are suffering. Their financial results are suffering and they need a way out of that conundrum. So they engage with me for coming with that external perspective to assess what is going on and what I'm finding in many, many cases is that as you grow, you kind of clone what you have mm -hmm. instead of strategically morphing a larger organization with additional knowledge and with more specialized and dedicated roles that all provide some sort of assistance and service to, a, to the customer. And that this cookie cutter repetition model is not scalable and it breaks down. Right, right, right. This is interesting. Now, uh, is there a trend there? I mean, is there a reason why, you know, a lot of companies find themselves in situations like this and then have to react and, you know, go back and fix stuff? Uh, is there something going wrong right up front? Or, you know, what would you do to sort of prevent a scenario like this? I think, and, and that's what I have to unfortunately still tell most of my uh, customers, that they're having embraced customer uh, success as it's meant to be. And when we look in the past, we had sales before, we had marketing before, we had professional services and support and account management before, and that all worked in a um, economy where you sell and then you move on to the next customer. In a subscription mm -hmm. economy, that wasn't working anymore and so you need customer success. And they're still trying to make this old model work maybe under new mm -hmm. names, but underneath it's all the same stuff. So what I'm telling my customers is 
you need to empower customer success. Just being the throw every problem at them, but not have any incentive, any rewards, not giving customer success the power to sell and renew, that is your first mistake. Because then you end up in these situations where everybody is pointing fingers at everyone else. Nobody can provide a cohesive experience for the customer, a cohesive journey for the, the, the customer, which results then in an increase in support tickets, reaching out to the CSMs for tactical things, onboarding not working, etc., etc., which are all these symptoms of not having this higher view and a higher power that directs all these necessary interactions with the customer. And that's where people are wrong. But what they see is the immediate pain. It's like someone who has maybe an excessive lifestyle and then is complaining about the um, ulcer that they're having or the heart pain <laughs> when it's the lack of carrots, right? Um, and too much caffeine or whatever um, they were doing in, in the wrong pro proportions let them already down to have those symptoms. Right. And, and, you know, as a technology vendor ourselves, you know, even we see a lot of what you just mentioned that, you know, you have a tool and the tool will solve the problem along with the team. Uh, yes. And potentially no. Uh, yes, because there are riders to it. There are, you know, a prep to it. There is, you used a very important aspect, I think, empowerment. And, you know, one of the things I felt very strongly about in the past couple of years is uh, uh, the CS function uh, is still in this evolution of being empowered. It's not yet there. You know? So once it gets there, obviously things become better. Uh, and, and we'll probably in our next interactions or in next few questions address some of those aspects as well. Uh, you know, let me spice this up a little bit. I know you are very passionate and you know vocal about your you know thoughts and beliefs, and, and we'll try and get some of that out from you as well. Uh, what is something you feel you know completely dissatisfied with or disappointed with the way the industry is you know structured or you know approaching things in a certain way right now? Well, it's um, this misconception that customer success is the department that makes friends with um, your customers and is not the department that is responsible for capturing this recurring revenue stream, for expanding this recurring revenue stream, for selling to the customer and turning a initial investment of sales and marketing that in many cases is a negative investment if you would stop right there into a long-term profit. And so there is some pussyfooting around. It's like, well, yeah, da, 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 this, that, and the other. And your uh, customer success could be, becomes um, kind of the um, uh, sacrificial lamb for everyone else's problems um, without any upsides, as I said before. So that that is completely wrong from the outside, but then also from the inside within the customer success community, many of the declared leaders in customer success do not own, not even internally, um, 
financial performance metrics. They couldn't tell you how profitable they are, how much they are tracking. They are tracking all sorts of other metrics, but not that. And until you can prove to someone at a board level, to your CEO, that you are a profit generating function. And here is your business as a PL, right? And mostly as a profit, not just at a loss. You, you will never be on par with sales yeah. because you still have to fight against that long term belief that sales is king. Yeah. And uh, it's a very important point, and I couldn't agree with you more here. Uh, you know, in my past experience also, which typically has been in account management more than in customer success. Yes. Uh, but it's the same uh, sort of fundamental there. Uh, it's it's funny because you know you're saying 95% to 90% of the book of revenue is on this particular team to manage. Uh, 5% to 10% is on sales, but yeah. you know, the department and the budgets and everything else around it, it's just the other way around and it just doesn't make logical sense. I, I get this aspect of, you know, acquiring being tougher comparatively and arguably Absolutely. at times and maybe so, and, and I agree to that, uh, but at least there should be some better parity uh, with regards to the budget and then you actually walk the talk of being a customer centric organization. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's still, you know, over the hood and, and underneath it's the same old engine. You haven't changed anything really. Yes. And since you brought up being a customer centric organization, um, it manifests itself in other ways as well. I had a discussion in a community setting with other CS leaders and um, we were talking about segmentation and all you know, high touch, low touch, revenue, geography, this, that or the other. Nobody was talking about the customer. What are the outcomes a customer wants to have? Yeah. What are their goals? What are their objectives, etc.? And I say, you want to be a customer centric organization, but all you're talking about is me, not my customers, right? Yeah. And so we need to break out of these internal views and really see everything through the lens of the customer, their experience with the product, their value that they're getting from the product or service when you talk about a, a more SaaS subscription in, in, in environment and um, helping them make the connection between the fees that they're paying and the value that they're getting. And right. that's what customer uh, success was set out to do 10 years ago and is still struggling to um, kind of claim that, that seat at the executive table. Right, and, and which brings me to another aspect. I mean, uh, again, couldn't agree with you more about the customer centricity piece. You know, you, you really have to drive this if you really believe in it uh, and the outcomes should be around your customer outcomes for sure. Uh, but having said that, there is this other aspect of earning the seat at the table, right? So like yes. I said, internally, it's, it's just not, you're just not going to get empowered uh, by yourself. Uh, no, absolutely and, not. And the way to pro potentially earn that seat at the table is to show value around customer centricity itself. So I think the onus is also on a lot of CS leaders and their 
you know, senior team members to drive this and say, hey, we are today not seen at par potentially with sales, but let's earn it, you know, let us get these results, show and our organization how to become customer centric and it will follow. And once people start following you, you obviously become, you know, a sort of a leader in your own right. Uh, yes. Are you seeing trends like this at all or, you know, is this an anomaly right now? It is still an anomaly, but it is getting better. I, I see some CS leaders who are more brave and bold. Mm -hmm. They were, for example, since we're all resource constrained, right? They're, they're running some A-B tests. Some customers that I take care of like I would like to, others how I can mm -hmm. um, or how, how I have to neglect, right? and show what, here are the renewal numbers, here are the expansion numbers, right? Class A, class B. This is the value that I'm providing. So you, if you invest in this more with the tools, the people, the processes, everything, then I expand this success that I had in this small test tube, right? Environment into my entire customer base. They're going in and they're actually measuring the um, profit curve that you have for a customer. So a, um, a very um, recognized analyst um, was looking um, at companies going, going public and found that um, sales spends between 90 cents and two and a half dollars in acquisition cost for an initial customer, right? And before nobody cared about the acquisition cost because you had all the revenue then with the contract. So that was all in one. Now that we have this deferred revenue, you need to turn this around and you need to speak the language of the finance and everything in order to uh, get there. So yes, some, some people are are getting into this, but others are comfortable in the role that they are and are not really breaking out and claiming this that seat at the table that they should have and they haven't earned it yet. Yeah, and, and like, you know, most uh, functions, uh, like you have good head of sales and bad head, head of sales, uh, we, we will have good head of customer success and bad head of customer successes as well. Uh, but the question here is a little bit more on the maturity front. And I think, you know, hopefully uh, that, that curve accelerates sooner rather than later uh, for all of us. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an industry which is evolving and rightly so. A lot of uh, attention and a lot of value for sure. Uh, but it does need some of this plumbing to uh, work out, I guess, again, uh, very soon. Well, yes, I hope that uh, the adoption curve, like you said, accelerates. Um, I came to think of a completely different example. When, when I was in uh, graduate school, the uh, concept of um, risk CPUs was just emerging instead of having these very complex ones, they have these very simple ones. And now you finally see a company like Apple with the new M1 chip embracing that architecture and technology 30 years later, right? And so it's that type of stuff going against some of these entrenched expectations and behaviors and uh, patterns. In fact, in one of my blog posts during the COVID crisis, I 
um, I was making a pitch for customer success and, and said sales won't help you out of this crisis because the investment in new sales is so great that you rather should try to keep every customer that you have to the most extent possible. Right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, you know, this, this one related aspect I, uh, just crossed my mind as well. And you know, we see this with a lot of our first time adopters of customer success sort of customers. Uh, we have a yeah. mix obviously shifting from competitors to smart carrot and we have first time adopters of a tool as well. Sure. Yeah. One thing very common is, uh, uh, and it and it little bit is disappointing to see overall that uh, the team, uh, of the young customer success teams which are being set up, uh, typically get thrown under the bus a lot of times because one, it is difficult with so many moving parts. Uh, you are coming from a different background. There is obviously not too much of exposure yet in the industry uh, so it's evolving but then you get thrown a lot of kpis kras matrix in the brunt of doing probably the most difficult thing in the organization which is to show value to the end customer uh, and you know you get thrown a lot of data so nothing really gets done proactively about managing the team or or actually doing something for the team and i know there are courses there are learning material and stuff like that and all of that will evolve and get better but I guess it's also a little bit of empathy. It's a little bit of, again, empowerment, more than training, which is required to get your frontline value creators, uh, you know, the sort of pat on the back they need. Uh, you know, our approach to this, Andreas, as we have mentioned earlier to you mm -hmm. as well, has been to try and make the life of the CS practitioner slightly easier through, you know, certain intelligent aspects, through certain aspects of automation. And we are also evolving. Yep. and trying to make this better uh, but that's a technology approach towards this it has to probably marry a cultural approach a process driven approach even an hr centric approach you know uh, a leadership approach to for it to finally work because that team i really feel for you know you we pick up you know literally anyone and say hey guess what tomorrow you are a customer success manager and here you go you know show value what do you feel about that? You're seeing this, you know, uh, and how do you come out of this? Well, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. In professional services, the world that I emerged from into customer su success, you're dealing with basically the implementation and onboarding part of a customer journey. Correct. And it takes already technical and business skills and yeah. interpersonal skills just for that part. And then you're asking someone in CS to do even more when it transitions then into the adoption phase with the customer, into this nurture phase, into the support phase, into the executive alignment phase. Suddenly it's just like, I need to be six people in one, right? Um, and that becomes very taxing. And that is why I typically describe customer success not as a huge bag of Swiss army knives that have all these tools and blades and gadgets and everything, but that customer success is more like an orchestra. The CSM 
assigned to an account draws on other resources and keeps them in, in, in harmony. So you need a technical architect. You don't need to have all the technical knowledge. You need to have someone to talk about some of the financial analysis or do some data analytics or this, that, or the other. So that you as the um, customer success executive, really, that is assigned um, to maintain that re relationship with the customer on the other end are empowered to make more the strategic decisions instead of doing all the things that are involved in this. You don't need to be proficient in 20 different systems, how to solve um, technical problems, how to do all this other stuff along. But for that, you need a more mature, larger organization, I would say typically above 40, 50 people to do this bifurcation into yeah. specialties. And, and that is also why many of the younger uh, groups fail, because you have to start small. And most organizations, they start small, but they never learn and adapt. They start small and are stuck in, 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 in that early stage for the rest of their their, their lives to to basically uh, get along. So that is that is one way to um, empower and incentivize CSMs. And the, the, the other is again, when you look at, if you define customer success by, if you lose that customer, you get punished, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> but if you keep that customer or expand that customer, someone else takes the um, the victory for that, then um, you are always in, in in this losing proposition, right? You you never have any successes to celebrate, and I think that is also important, not just from a business perspective for for customer success, but also from an interpersonal um, perspective um, from the emotional context. Otherwise, you have people that are burned out because all they're doing is firefighting and they're getting all the negativity and never anything positive. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The one, I think it's, it's on us uh, as leaders to ensure that the carrot doesn't get stolen, you know. So the right yes, exactly. people get the right sort of credit uh, in this case. So absolutely. Uh, Andreas, yeah. wonderful talking to you. I think, uh, you know, we are at the top of our time for today. Uh, hopefully, we'll continue this and, you know, I'm hoping you enjoyed it as much as I did uh, interacting with you. Yes, absolutely. Our conversations are always fun and now being able to share some in this context of um, coffee and carrots uh, or caffeine and carrots, right, is, um, is even more exciting and I look forward to drilling down the more aspects of this yeah. and um, being able to share some of the experiences that I collected um, in my engagement with customers through the customer success performance index benchmark and, and other ways, right, into the audience um, that uh, you approach as well, both from the executive as well as the practitioner level. So Absolutely. look forward to next time as well. Thank Absolutely. you for having me. Thank you so much, Andreas. Yeah, catch you next time.